good long weekend nap Craig grabbed nap twice the other day in one day two naps so you're rested so let's try this again how you doing church that's much better we've uh, we always want to tell you when Camp Deer runs here because our attendance goes up like a thousand so we've got the Camp Deer Run staff here so if you've never been here before and just to embarrass the Camp Deer Run staff would the Camp Deer Run staff stand wherever you are? Camp Deer Run staff. So, appreciate y'all being here. Appreciate what y'all do and the influence you have on the lives of young people. <clears throat> so, I'm going to do one of my, um, I'm going to call it a top 10 lesson. Um, Scott, let's go ahead and put that up. One, one of the top 10 questions I get asked in 32 years of ministry, one of the top questions I get asked more than any other question in 32 years of ministry. When I'm out in public, it's not necessarily about theology or Bible or doctrine. This is, this is probably the top question I get asked more than any other question. Are you ready? Let's phrase it a couple of ways. Does your church have a dress code? Do I have to dress up to come to your church? What if I don't have a coat and tie? Will I get kicked out if I don't dress correctly? There are people in the world who at least give us the impression that they would come to church... If this wasn't an issue, you're saying, Richie, this is not an issue. I get asked this question more than any other question. So it must be an issue. Does your church have a dress code? Evidently, we've made clothing a barrier. Evidently, we've made clothing an issue. It kind of sounds funny the way you word that. Evidently, we've made what you wear an issue at church, which is interesting to me because when I read the Bible, it's my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for people who want to come to church to wear whatever they want to wear. I kind of paraphrase that a little bit. We should not put any additional obstacles in front of people. If there's people who would come to church, if they knew we didn't have a dress code, Maybe we shouldn't have a dress code. Maybe I should just ask you, do you think we have a dress code here at church? That was kind of a rhetorical question, but I got an answer. Now, let me illustrate a little further. There's not a single elder with a tie on today. Amen. Thank you for that. You illustrated my sermon perfectly. Probably more so than any other comment I've ever received has to do with what I wear. I stood over here by Robbie. Are you ready? Robbie said, whoa, you're wearing a tie. And it doesn't even match. You know, I mentioned last week about going to Dillard's and shopping for ties that pop. I thought, I'm just going to wear it. You can't go wrong with just a plain tie. And Robbie says, doesn't even match. I get comments from 
what I wear. I like your tie. Why aren't you wearing a tie? Why are you wearing a tie? So if what I wear is an issue, evidently what we wear is an issue. And according to Scripture, we shouldn't make that an issue if people are turning to God. Now, <clears throat> Brian said, um, to quote Brian, if you don't know Brian, Brian's our children's minister. You'll hear from him at the end of worship doing announcements. So he's back there in the nursery. He can't hear a word I'm saying. It's kind of like a sound-protected room. The sound's on back there, but when you have kids, you hear nothing. It's kind of like a game show. Brian said, hey, Richie, if they're commenting on what you wear, if that's the only thing people are fussing about, then your preaching must be okay. That's the second thing that I get comments on more than any other. Now, maybe you remember several years back, I, I don't know, eight or nine or ten years, the Super Bowl halftime, there was a little wardrobe malfunction. Janet Jackson exposed part of her body and had a wardrobe malfunction. She said it was an accident, but the FCC said, accident or not, we have the authority to regulate what you wear or don't wear, and what people see on TV. So the FCC says we can decide what people can and can't wear. But the FCC is not the only people who can decide that. I, I went to college a long time ago, back when Oklahoma Christian University was Oklahoma Christian College, and this is from their student handbook. Oklahoma Christian University expects its students to conduct themselves as responsible citizens in a Christian community. Enrollment at OC is a privilege that brings with it responsibilities and accountability. Students, students should be challenged by the question, are you honoring God with what you wear? That's not a bad question. Each of us makes a decision about what we portray with what we wear. The university reserves the right to make decisions regarding a student's attire and appearance. So the FCC can regulate. Colleges can regulate. My wife is over at White Oak, been there for a number of years. This is from the White Oak Handbook. Parents have a responsibility to send students to school neatly groomed and modestly dressed. Clothing should avoid brevity and or design that is offensive to the dignity and rights of others. Any article of clothing, jewelry, body decoration, or hairstyle extreme enough to create distraction or disturb the normal routine of school shall be deemed inappropriate. So the FCC can regulate what is worn. Colleges can regulate. If you don't like White Oak, I got Pine Tree Student Handbook just this year. So this is out of Pine Tree. No holes are allowed on jeans, pants, shorts. Pants, shorts are to be worn at the waist and not oversized. Shirts, dresses, shorts can be no shorter than three inches above the knees. Athletic shorts, not allowed. Shirts designed to be buttoned should be buttoned. Shirts must cover the chest area. Shoes must match. Is that an issue with some of y'all? Shoes must match and are to be fastened or tied at all times. I'll tell you that in the 70s, when I was in high school, we didn't tie our shoes because that was cool. Evidently, you have to do that now. Oversized clothing not allowed. Any type of holes not allowed. It goes on. Clothing may not advertise or imply sex, drugs, alcohol, profanity, tobacco, death, suicide, violence not allowed. Tank tops not allowed. Muscle shirts are not allowed unless you have muscles. No, it doesn't say that. Backless shirts, pajamas not allowed, see-through not allowed, shirts, tat tattoos wasn't an issue when I was in school. Just saying, culture, society has changed. This is from Pine Tree. School has the right to ask students to change their dress, 
if it is of such nature as to disrupt the maintenance of order, modesty, and cleanliness, or to attract attention by dressing in a distracting manner. Please understand that a dress code violation is a discipline matter. So the FCC can regulate, public schools can regulate, universities can regulate, private universities can regulate. As a matter of fact, in June, I read about a dress code situation at the University of Texas. The School of Nursing took down dress code posters inside its building after receiving criticism online for the signs being targeted toward women. Here's what the sign said. The sign called for revealing clothing not to be worn inside the building because it distracts from the learning environment. The sign cited midriff bearing shorts, short shorts, short skirts, low-rise pants, and low-cut shirts that reveal cleavage as types of clothes not to be worn inside the building. They received so much online media, blogs, responses, they took it down. The Associate Dean for Academic Affairs says, being a professional school, we're trying to portray that we want students, portray that we want students to have a professional image. So the FCC can regulate, schools can regulate, can churches regulate? Should churches regulate what is worn? You ever seen that show on TV, What Not to Wear? Here's what I call it at my house, What Not to Watch. What Not to Wear is actually a show. It's not just schools, not just the FCC. You'll find this in the workforce. Your boss may say, here's what you can and can't wear. If you go for an interview, what you wear may or may not get you the job. And once you get the job, what you may or may not wear may allow you to keep that job. So employers, bosses have the authority to tell people what they can and can't wear. I'll go a step further. When my kids were growing up as a dad and as a parent, I had full, total, absolute authority on what my daughter and what my son would wear. Furthermore, if you wanted to date my daughter... I had full authority on what you would wear. Furthermore, I told my son that he needed to dress in a way so as to impress a girl and her parents because I wanted him to have a good impression. So the FCC has the authority and schools have the authority and the workforce has the authority and parents have the authority. Does the church have the authority to tell us what to wear? And you're thinking, really, we're going to do a whole lesson on this? Yeah, we are. Because I get asked this question more than any other question. As a matter of fact, I looked up just this morning of the top ten largest churches in America. Eight of the ten pastors don't even wear a tie. So maybe if I'd quit wearing a tie, we'd start growing. I thought that was a lot funnier than what y'all did. <laughs> so here's what we're going to do today. I... I I'm going to tell you what to wear from God's Word. Because, you know, God's Word says you can be clothed in violence, you can be clothed, clothed in terror, you can be clothed in shame, you can be clothed in disgust, you can be clothed in darkness. There's a lot of things you can be clothed in, but here's what God's Word says about what you need to wear. Okay? Number one, clothe yourselves with strength and dignity. Now, I know Proverbs 31 is addressed to women. A wife of noble character, a woman of noble character, but the principle applies. You know, sometimes there's things in the Bible, there's certain letters written to certain churches in the Bible, but they still apply to us, so the principle still applies. 
She's clothed with strength and dignity. In other words, Solomon says, when people look at you, they shouldn't be looking at what you have on the outside. They ought to be looking at the clothes you're wearing on the inside. You're clothed with strength and dignity. That's what we're supposed to put on. The Bible says, clothe yourselves with a gentle and quiet spirit. Don't be concerned about the outward beauty of fancy hairstyles, expensive jewelry, or beautiful clothes. I know that's addressed to women, but these days it applies to men. You should clothe yourselves instead with the beauty that comes from within. The clothes on the inside. The unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which is so precious to God. So you need to clothe yourself in that way. All of the emphasis we put on the outside, the clothes on the outside, the makeup on the outside, the mani-pedis that you get done. And Solomon says, how about you focus on cleaning up the inside? That's what he wants us to do. Number three, this one's not gender related because it says all of you. All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because... God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Here's what this one, I think this one addresses this attitude. I can wear whatever I want. That's not being clothed with humility. If your attitude is, I can wear whatever I want, then you're not clothed with humility. You're clothed with arrogance and pride. I can do whatever I want. If you're clothed with humility, you're thinking about other people. Number four, clothe yourselves with, I call this one character, and I like the message. Chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Isn't that something? Some of y'all got up and husbands, your wife picked out what you will wear, and vice versa, and we do that for kid anyway. God's picked out our wardrobe. Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, discipline, be even-tempered, content with second place, quick to forgive an offense. Forgive as quickly and completely as the Master forgave you, and regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's your basic, all-purpose garment. That's what we ought to be wearing. I like that. Never be without it. Clothe yourselves with character. Let's see what else the Bible says. Clothe yourselves with modesty, decency, propriety. Again, I know. I can read my Bible. I know it's addressed to women. The principle applies. I want women to dress modestly with decency and propriety. I like the New Living Translation. They should wear decent and appropriate clothing and not draw attention to themselves by the way they fix their hair or by wearing gold or pearls or expensive clothes. That applies to guys these days as well. Just walk around the mall and you see those kind of things. They should wear decent and appropriate clothing. Let me give you some synonyms for what this kind of implies here, all right? Unassuming, decent, unpretentious, not showy, quiet, proper, simple, tasteful, not drawing attention to self, sensible, self-controlled, chaste, sound, the avoidance of extremes. So when you get dressed tomorrow, just remember those words. Now, here's what's interesting about this. You remember back in Genesis 1 where God created the world, God created the cosmos. Out of chaos, God created order. Same Greek word family. I want women to dress orderly. I don't want you to dress like chaos. Like you just threw some stuff on. I want you to dress orderly. All right? Let's see what else the Bible says. Dress yourself with good deeds. Clothe yourselves with good deeds. 
pretty self-explanatory. Doesn't the Bible say we're God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good deeds? When people look at us, they shouldn't see our clothes. They ought to see the good deeds that we're doing. The Bible says, clothe yourselves as a God worshiper. Clothe yourselves as someone who professes to worship God. When people look at you by the way you dress, they ought to see that you're worshiping God. Wow. Clothe yourselves as a God worshiper. Clothe yourselves as someone who worships God. How about this one? Clothe yourselves with the full armor of God. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the devil's schemes. So we ought to put on armor every day. It's not clothing, but you ought to put on the armor of God. If you're playing football, it'd probably be pretty good to put the right equipment on. If you're running a race, the Hebrew writer says you ought to throw off everything that hinders. If you're going to take on Satan, you ought to put on the full armor of God. So that's about eight things. We went kind of fast. I told you you needed to buckle up. No pun intended. So let me stop before the last one. I'm going to give you one more. But let me say a few things. Through the years, people have said to me, hey, why don't you preach a lesson on what people should wear? Parents have said to me, hey, why don't you come down hard on our kids? Why don't you preach a lesson on what we should wear? Okay, I just did. So check that off your list. But I want to say this. It's not just the young people that may or may not have a problem with dress. Adults have a problem with what you should and shouldn't wear. Maybe you should watch that show. For sure, maybe you should read your Bibles as to how you ought to dress. Let me say this to parents. Parents, if you really want me to come down hard, I will. You're the parent. You control what your kids wear. You give them money to buy the clothes. And then you fuss at them for the way they dress. You're the parent. You're not the best friend. You're supposed to teach them and read them the scripture. And this is how God wants you to dress. That's your role as a parent. It's not my responsibility, but I just helped you out. But as a parent, listen, it's okay for you to have discussions with your kids about the clothes they wear or don't wear. You're the parent. And let me say one more thing. How you dress sends a message. So how you dress sends a message to people about your boss, about your school, about your parents. Paul says it this way in 2 Corinthians 3. Your very lives are a letter that anyone can read by just looking at you. Christ himself wrote it, not with ink, but with God's living spirit, not chiseled into stone, but carved into human lives as we publish it. You're a letter of recommendation for Jesus. When people look at us, they see Jesus. So how we dress determines how they see Jesus. So that ought to determine how we dress. We are letters of recommendation for Jesus. If you don't know what letters of recommendation are, I get calls all the time. Hey, Richie, will you write a letter of recommendation for me to get a scholarship, to get into college, to go to Camp Deer Run? People always think that I'm just going to say all good stuff about them. No, I'm going to be honest. Because that's what a letter of recommendation does. And we're a letter of recommendation for Jesus. So when people see us, 
They should see Jesus and not necessarily the clothes that we're wearing. So we are letters of recommendation. Okay, let's do one more. I'm pushing the envelope, so I might as well get in trouble. Let me see if I put this scripture up. My brothers, as believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, don't show favoritism. Suppose a man comes in your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in shabby clothes. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, hey, here's a good seat for you, but you say to the poor man, you stand there, you sit at my feet, or can you stay out in the lobby? Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? If we make clothing an issue, we violate Scripture. There's people who need to see Jesus, and all they see are our rules about clothing. Something's wrong. You remember the woman caught in adultery in John chapter 8? They caught a woman in adultery. They caught a woman in adultery. Do I need to get any more descriptive with you to illustrate the point? They caught a woman in adultery, and they more than likely paraded her through the streets, more than likely brought her to Jesus. I'm guessing she's not wearing much because they just caught her in adultery. And you know what Jesus said to her? You go home and put on some decent clothes and you come back and I'll talk to you. No. Jesus told her what she needed to hear, but it wasn't anything to do with clothing. It had to do with her lifestyle Church, we shouldn't make clothing an issue. Let me tell you this, 14 years of college ministry, college students dress uniquely. And the one thing college students would always ask me, we saw most of our college students on Wednesday night, hey, what can I wear to church? You want to know what my answer was? You can wear whatever you want, as long as you wear something. I don't care if you're wearing sweats. I don't care if you came off the intramural football field. I don't care if you're covered in dirt. I don't care if you have your lab coat on. If you want to come hear a lesson about Jesus, you come. Clothing is not an issue. Let me tell you this. I was in youth ministry one year. That's about all I could take. My first month in Clinton, Oklahoma. What do you do when you're in Clinton, Oklahoma? You go to Texas to Six Flags. So what we did in Oklahoma, that's all I knew about Texas was, you know, you go down 35, you go to Six Flags, you go home. That's seriously, that's all I knew about Texas. Y'all had Six Flags. So we uh, we were leaving quite early one morning and one of the girls in the youth group showed up. I'm not wearing much. And I'm being very nice. And I said, you can go home and change or you can go home. But you're not wearing that on this trip. Well, it's going to be hot. You're right. And you're going to make some boys pretty hot if you wear that. I don't have any problem telling people what you should and shouldn't wear, but you know what? God's who we need to listen to. So let's not make clothing an issue. And let me tell you why. Because of number nine, clothe yourselves with Jesus Christ. Romans 13, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. How do you do that? If you've been baptized with Christ, you've been clothed with Christ. You've put Jesus on. You've wrapped Jesus around you. Isn't it much more important that people are clothed in Jesus 
And we make that an issue as opposed to the clothing they have on an issue. I'd lot rather clothe people in Jesus than talk about the clothes people have on. And if people are comfortable coming here wearing whatever, and they want to hear about Jesus, that's the issue. That's the good news. That's what we need to talk about. That's what we need to focus on. I'm sorry if wearing a tie or not wearing a tie creates a national security for you or I don't match. I want to talk to people about Jesus. And that's the issue. So, what should you wear today? I'm going to tell you right now, we serve a wonderful Savior. We follow a wonderful Savior. And you need to put Him on. You need to wear Him. You need to wrap yourself up in Him everywhere you go. And when you get up in the morning, when you look in the mirror, you ought to see Jesus and that ought to determine how you dress. And anywhere you go, you ought to wrap yourself in Jesus and that ought to determine what you say. That ought to determine the influence you have with people. More than anything else today, here's what I want you to hear. I want you to dress yourself in Jesus Christ. How do you do that? For everybody who's baptized with Christ has been clothed with Christ. You've put on Christ. And that is important. So we offer His invitation today. Because I want you to be so wrapped up in Him, so clothed with Him, that all people see is Him when they look at you. You're not advertising you. You're not advertising your clothes You're not advertising your body. We're advertising Jesus Christ. And that's what I want you to put on. And that's what I want you to be clothed in. And that's who I want you to be baptized in. Because He's a wonderful Savior. If you need to respond to the invitation of Jesus Christ and be clothed with Him, you can meet me down front and we'll go back and baptize you. If you need to meet with our shepherds, they'll meet you in the back and take you to a private room. If you need to respond to the invitation, please do so as we stand and sing.